Hello, this is episode 42. This is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman. And where I want to focus today's conversation is how long does it take to convert to Agile? And first of all, as much as we all like to do deal in absolutes, anyone who's guaranteeing you a specific time frame for Agile transformation isn't being completely fair to you or truthful. And also, on the other end of the spectrum, the Agile transformation is a continuous improvement process. However, I will say you don't want a coach or an Agile strategist to continuously just string out your implementation especially if you don't have a way to measure and see tangible results. So I say all that to say that the most important thing, if nothing else to take away from this conversation, is to take into consideration that when you're implementing Agile, it should be incremental, just like when you're building your solution and your software and you're breaking it incrementally. That's the same thing that you want to do with your Agile implementation. You want to identify what are the vertical features of Agile that will bring you the most benefit and even complement what you currently have that may be working, and then incrementally improve and build upon it. Well. Many people, of course, start with ceremonies because it puts a cadence and it puts a framing around it at the team level. I don't have a problem with that. That's very easy to implement in a sprint. You're basically getting some value out of the improved communication. The next layer might be your story sizing and estimating. That then leads you down the road of being able to look at your capacity, your velocity, and for it to be more predictable. Then there's the user story. Introducing a user story, specifically looking at slicing it vertically, giving it value, and that leads you into value management, uh, approach to prioritization, into things like your minimum viable product. And then you get into your planning, using your velocity, your burn down, your capacity in determining how, determining how much work you can get done in a period of time. And basically putting whip limits, work in progress limits, so that you don't overcommit. And doing that until you, and practicing that until you get very comfortable with knowing what the level of effort a work item might be and how much your team can commit to and complete in a sprint. And what that does is cut back on carryover. So, Agile being incremental, incrementally bringing in the different pieces in what I just described 
sounds very easy and straightforward. I've seen it done in as little as six to eight sprints. If anything, that is, will determine how fast or how slow you'll be able to introduce new things and your team's appetite for new things has to do with the human factors of change. Largely, people, humans, don't like change. And so there's going to be a natural inclination to resisting. There'll be everything from anger to frustration to shutting down to bargaining, uh, all sorts of things. I often refer to the same emotions you go through when you have go through the grief cycle. When, for example, grief is because of the loss of something. And people feel like when you change the way they work, they may be losing their edge or their advantage or their expertise. They may have perfected the current way of working and now you're introducing something different. So all that to say is one of the things to keep in mind that the agile transformation is in most cases, a significant change in mindset. In order to change mindset, you also are dealing with human nature and emotions. So it takes someone that has some experience and knowledge of change management, in addition to coaching, in addition to agile, to help you define your strategy your approach in order to identify those blockers and impediments that you can expect and to determine what's the best way to move everyone in a direction where they see change can be positive, change is growth, and more importantly, change is necessary for the viability of organizations. So again, you may have been looking for a quick answer. And one of the main disclaimers that I like to emphasize is that if you set a date for your transformation, then the question you have to ask yourself, just like in Agile, is what is the MVP that you're looking for at that date? Are you looking for better estimating? Are you looking for better prioritization? And what I would say is pick one, but don't pick them all. Maybe the first quarter you target just baselining the language. The second quarter, you have the healthy backlog. The third quarter, you have a sized backlog. Um, the fourth quarter, you're focused on MVP. And you continue to layer those on. One of the things that I've 
have witnessed where organizations feel disappointed in the progress of their agile implementation is the scenario I'm describing where you're layering on the various pieces when you get the accumulative benefits is when you have a stable team. Not having a stable team will undermine the ability and possibility of seeing the accumulative benefits. That's something else that's got to be decided from a strategic perspective is how you're going to manage those and keep those teams stable in order for you to see the cumulative benefit. So in and of itself, it's not at the end of the day, the ability to just write on a roadmap that you're gonna do A, B, C, and D in a particular order. There are the bigger obstacles that have to be taken into consideration of the nature and culture of your organization and the mindset of the people within the organization. So, as you can see, the answer isn't simple. And neither is when you're facing the idea of doing an Agile transformation. Careful thought and consideration. And it always helps to work with a professional that has dealt with a lot of these obstacles to help you avoid it as much as possible. And so that you can reach your destination at the optimal space and pace that's right for your organization. That is our episode for this one slide at a time series. Thanks for listening.